welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Are, are we live yet? I think we're live now. Oh, okay. So you can talk. <laughs> Welcome to episode 54 of the We're Live Fancast. A, a live fancast. Where we're covering, today we're covering the Lion's Den, the beginning of the end, chapter 47, part 3. I'm Mr. Redbeard. I'm Mick. Hello, and welcome to the, the final Monday release of We're Live Fancast. 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 Fancast? My goodness. <laughs> well, uh... If anybody didn't know already, today is Kevin Flood's birthday, who plays uh, Kalani. So, if he ever gets around to listen to this, it's happy birthday, Kevin. Oh, cool. Happy birthday, Kevin. It's good getting to talk to him. Let's yeah. see. So, uh, we're going to be spoiling, of course. Did you already say this part? I don't think so. We'll be spoiling Where? chapter 47, part 3. <laughs> the line's in the beginning of the end. Maybe you did say that. I don't know. I did say that. Well, just in case, maybe we had somebody join. One, one more time, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going to cover this show today. We're going to do it kind of quick, though. We're going to do a couple points for each scene. Not going to get too deep in it. That's going to be more for whenever the listeners get to join in after that piece. And before we get to that point, let me go over the corrections from last week's show. Uh, we talked about, starting off, we talked last week about... Um, what was it? The tanks, the scuba tanks. And yes. Grog had posted, I still think CJ sabotaged the tanks. He explicitly tells Saul which color tank to use. If there's no difference, uh, why assign a color? And Casey replied to that, I'll just put that to rest. She didn't sabotage them. She wanted information, and she couldn't. She wouldn't get that if they died. I thought that would be 100% the case, because she only needed one of them. But, you know. <laughs> Uh, he also replied back about Blinky, the robot video. If you guys got a chance to see that this week, it's amazing. He says he actually helped out with some of the motion capture technology for that short for Blinky. And they used, he says they used our Vicon stage. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But uh, also, Casey says, actually, no more whiskey at the cabin. The bottle broke during the conflict, if you listen closely. So <laughs> I, I mentioned about him, you know, grabbing all the supplies. <laughs> we said something about the whiskey. Yeah, and I remember after Casey pointed that out, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember the bottle breaking, but... <sighs> <sighs> I don't. I think he sopped it up with a wet rag or something. <laughs> Put it in a different bottle. <laughs> uh, he also he comes back for seconds on the scuba gear. It's far e- easier to spot a leak underwater. Above, well, not so much. It could, ha- it could have come loose after CJ set it up. Uh, and also, he says, P.S., uh, Dallas Buyers Club is actually well done. <laughs> I'll take your word on that. That's the McConaughey uh, mention. <laughs> All right. Uh. <laughs> we've got some. Oh, we've got an iTunes review from this past week from B. Barrage. It says, "Great job," and it's five stars. Uh, keep up the good work. I love hearing from the actors and finding out uh, about their behind-the-scenes lives. And us too. They're, they've all been very interesting and just sweet and cool and nice. Very awesome. Very, very awesome. So we ready to to 
try to talk a little bit about today's show without spending too much time. A little bit. I, I know not everybody's joined in yet, but but I won't give too much of the details yet. But if there are people that uh, have the ability to get to the finale but don't have tickets, post it into the to the comment section. Ooh, that sounds like it could be pretty important. And we'll just go from there. <laughs> Let's see in the comments uh, right now. Uh, Brandon Thomas, welcome to your first live show. Good to see you here. Uh, Emma's here for her second show. Um, let's see. Hello, Richard. Was like anybody there? <laughs> I also told Kevin a happy birthday. Oh wow, Emma Salvatore took show notes. Sweet. Salvatore or Salvatore? I don't know. Sure, Emma took notes. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like some people are having issues connecting. But they're also still replying, so I'm not sure if there really is an issue or not. Well, early on, uh, they didn't know if we were on or not because we weren't on, but it looks like Todd is having some issues. I told him he could maybe connect from his phone. If he got the Hangout app, he could join mm-hmm. the Hangout. This but I'm not, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe YouTube doesn't support it over mobile. I don't know. Uh, I've done it over mobile before with other Hangouts. Um is the link to the Hangout session itself active? It is not out there just yet. Let me copy that beautiful little link into the About section. And okay. We're just going to ask that if anybody joins, don't unmute for right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we'll bring you into the broadcast just as soon as we cover these few points about the show. Okay, everybody says sound, or some people are saying sound works for them. Okay. Emma says, can't hear anything anymore. Maybe refresh, it might come back, I'm not sure. And now the link to join the Hangout is in the About section. Not sure if you'll need to refresh for that. You may, but um, you can click that. It'll bring you in. We'll see that you're there, and as soon as we're done uh, just glazing over the show, we'll be sure to bring everybody in. Okay, cool. Ready? Ready. Right. Got to bring this over here. Got one more window to manage with the chat than usual, so <laughs> moving my notes over here. Okay, so we yeah. open up the scene with uh, Vic, Michael, and Saul getting ready to navigate Cody down the tunnel. Yeah, picking up right where we left off. And with all the you know smell the rainbow stuff, I about <laughs> fell out when Saul said, "Just follow your nose." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Let's see, uh, the ambient noise here was really good, but my the first point I wanted to make about uh, going along in this scene is I'm not at all surprised that Saul picked up the controls and automatically started driving at will. <laughs> he, he exceeds at everything, man. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and I, I thought it was really cool that they're drawing a map as they go because there's a lot of splits in the tunnels. Yeah, that was a... Uh, I didn't... And I like the way they said it, too, because at some point when he mentioned it, you could tell they'd already been doing it. And that was a really neat way to introduce that, I thought. Yeah. Did you expect the tunnels to be as deep as they were? Mm, like, Do you mean like as deep as for like going down? or just... Yeah. No, not really. They kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the next thing that really stood out to me is when they got to that first huge open room where the water pool was, and they made the comment about their, their water works better than their pump. <laughs> yeah, man. How come their well is better than ours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny, and 
I don't know what else to say, but yeah, it was ridiculous. Zombies can do better with it than we can. Well, they got their underground garden. Right, that's my next point, the dead animals. Yep. And then pouring water on them, growing this, this I guess Ink's a pretty fun guy. <laughs> so they got there wrote that joke and erased it and was like I'm not saying that and he did and I went for it anyways <laughs> so they got their own zombie version of Peg somewhere in here <laughs> <laughs> yes that was the one watering them <laughs> oh beautiful oh man and then just I guess to end the scene they go in they decide to go a little bit deeper with the katana and the matagun Yep, because the Cody is getting out of range. Yes. The next, next scene, I'll go, go ahead, ahead and take this one from uh, the next scene. We have Dunbar, uh, CJ Kelly and crew. When, okay, the first point, I guess I'm going to talk about the truck incoming. And I just thought, man, this is it. It's ramping up, and we're headed towards the end. Not excited about that. And be thinking about this, because I was curious whether they were ramming the entrance uh, or a wall, or were they blowing something up? Unless you know, Raptane. I thought that they were ramming it. I didn't know for sure, so... I couldn't tell in the action, but the best I could understand, they were ramming. And because they had a couple trucks, it seemed like. So I was trying to figure out who all was there, because I knew she had a couple people. I forget their names offhand now. We've talked about them before. That was Hmm. with her, but they had... So that would have been, because it was Scratch, or it was one person driving and two in the back, so that would be Scratch and one person and possibly um, the other guy we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I guess, could be just one person in the truck. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure on the details either. I've slept since then. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. And then, you know, Kelly was trying to make it to the minigun, but was blocked by gunfire. Now, had, by this point, did they already turn the minigun around on Kelly? Yeah, that was the minigun firing on Kelly. Holy crap, I mean, that went to nothing. Yeah, they were in, because as soon as they were in, they said a figure jump through the dust and reach for the cables. I guess they just have, like, power cables and maybe comms cables. I don't know. I Probably guess. camera cables, you know. Well, I thought they had a pretty solid setup, and they talked about this place being indestructible. All it took was two trucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, uh, Casey said it was explosives, Brandon Thomas says in chat, and then blew it open with hammer and strings. And also, uh, Mandasai12 says Casey said it was explosions. Oh, cool. Wow. Thanks, uh, yeah, I didn't get a chance to make it out to the forums today, so that's, that's hugely helpful. Yeah, today's been a busy day. Yes, yes, it has. <laughs> it's still busy for me. I may have to step away at any time. I'm not sure. <laughs> also, looks like uh, you have another point you want to cover before I go to mine? No, go ahead. Uh, well, mine's the end of the scene. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, sure. Everything goes to black. And uh, I just kind of picture it fading out as they lose power. And, and then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, hopefully we're waiting for Bert and Riley to come in and save this group. It's a sad day for CJ because she doesn't have her cameras. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she must feel uh, really exposed here, even more so than usual. Yeah. And see, Gotta make that weird with your silence. That's... What? <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, the next scene is Michael, Saul, and Vic going into the tunnel. They're all geared up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very first point I have in here is Saul's killing zombies with a katana. How more awesome can it get? It uh, really can, especially wearing night vision goggles. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. 
I like the visuals uh, that were created here with Saul talking about how he could see the eyes, you know. And I, mm-hmm. ca- I felt like I could see exactly what he was seeing, and I was just picturing it so well. It was incredibly creepy. And that was my first point. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this flows right into each other. So they get in far enough to start getting control of Cody again, and uh, they manage to bring it down into another open room that's lit by a fire. Which uh, And that room has columns that are reinforced with mostly human bones. My biggest takeaway from that is that they got, you know, Ink's got a, a table and a bed set up in there. Mm, Pretty yeah. cozy. Yeah, he's making himself at home here underground. He's Especially since we know it's pretty recent that they started digging these. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I wonder if that's the desk. I wonder if he went and got his old desk from uh, <laughs> Radon Labs. No, that place got burnt to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he was not too excited about that when he showed up. He just kind of shook his head and scratched his chin. Like, oh, those crazy humans. Those silly humans. <laughs> now I've got to go down to the Walmarts. <laughs> <laughs> What's and your next Co- point? Uh, my last point here is uh, Cody uh, showed us so much and just was so promising until... It was destroyed and just ripped apart. And another great visual of this scene with Inks just staring and smiling into the camera. How awesome is that? I know. It was I, really I, good. All I could picture, well, especially after last week's corrections, is uh, the Joker you know, doing his big cheesy <laughs> smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess I was thinking he was probably was cheesing pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Oh, great. I see people are joining the call, are joining the show, I should say. We'll be uh, bringing you all into the broadcast here pretty soon once we finish this up. All right. So. Next, we have the Bert and Riley scene. And I guess, did they make it back to the firehouse here? They're is either they at the firehouse. Well, yeah, the, since they're mentioning generators, I assume it's the firehouse. It's If it's not that, it's another safe house. Only way I could have known for sure is if I could have heard that bleeding of Dog the Goat. <laughs> then I would have known exactly where I was. I think they were way too long. Goat didn't have enough to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, he scratched his chin. Emma says, get it? Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, Cat uh, Lero, uh, the final image of ink, gave her chills. <laughs> So here we've got, uh, I've only got one point for this scene, really, other than no dog to goat, which is sad. We find out that Max uh, was kidnapped because Pete calls up, or they called Pete, or somehow they got in touch with Pete. Yeah, they called Pete. And uh, we find out that Max was a, uh, he wasn't quite a tar dust when it came to holding that information in. No. <laughs> oh, man. He, yeah, he gave it up pretty quick. And of course, sh- maybe he was like, CJ's always talking about how indestructible this place is, so I'll give it up, but they'll be fine. I'll see it coming for miles. Good. I would have figured so. But they shot Pete. But they didn't kill him. They didn't kill him. Let's see if he turns out to be a true red shirt or not. You know, uh, somebody from the forums had mentioned last week or the week before that they thought maybe Pete was you know, being held by gunpoint. Saying, yeah, call in, say the water's fine. And yeah, so that, that's kind of what I thought was going to be going on. was like, oh, you know. See, that or another bit of optimism before he tears everything apart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the, the other thing I took away from this is that while Puck was trying to be brave and 
trying to assist, he rebroke his leg. Oh, that kind of made me sick. Yep, like just on the verge of healing, just barely fell to the floor and rebroke it. Mm-hmm. Way yeah. to go. That that made me kind of sick. <laughs> and then we get the confirmation of who it is and who we thought it probably was attacking Dunbar. When you hear her, hello. <laughs> it reminded me of uh, Road Warrior. <laughs> Come, or no, not Road Warrior. Um, oh, what's that movie? Come out and play. You know, Ender's favorite movie. Um, all, all I can think of is the new Rambo that he just thought was the best thing ever. Hmm. Was it It or something? No. <laughs> Sorry for the clown. I know we got some some scared of clown people in here. <laughs> yeah, Come on. Oh, Warriors. The Warriors movie. The Warriors. Super fire truck. I want to hear more about the super fire truck. <laughs> super fire truck. <laughs> well, awesome. That that's that's all we got for the recap. Yeah, that's all we've got for the recap. And all right, we'll, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Right. So it's been. A, this is Mick. <laughs> this is Redbeard. All right, and now <laughs> the fan interactive section. Let's see. All uh, looks like we only have. Well, Lisa, Lisa, if you're out there, rejoin. Looks like she joined up and uh, isn't there anymore. But yeah, join back up and click that. And for anybody else, before we get started, there you may have to refresh. But in the about section of this YouTube video, there is a link for Google Hangouts. You click that, and it should bring you right into the Hangout. You'll be muted at first, so don't be alarmed by that, and we'll bring you in uh, as as it seems uh, natural. All right, so let's, let's see. bring in Jeremy. I think this is red shirt. Let me show him in, in broadcast. And, and real quick, Brandon Thomas, Empathy, and you dumb something or another uh, also said the name of the movie. <laughs> awesome. Yes, they all knew. Wow, look at that. <laughs> Even if they know Ender, they really got the homage or something, whatever it was. We're among good people. Okay, here we go. And Mr. Jeremy, you can unmute if you'd like. Hey, guys. How's it going? Can you hear me okay? What's up? Excellent. Good. Yeah, I spent a little while this afternoon getting the microphone sorted out again because I'm actually on a new computer than the Woo-hoo. last time it was I talked to you. Congrats. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Well, congrats that I have a new computer now. Uh, I was actually um, fairly – I think uh, Janet pointed it out probably that I was um, – uh, conspicuously absent for the from the forum for about a good solid month. Oh wow! So they didn't have a computer. I mean, I could have got on with the phone, but that's tedious trying to type the kinds of posts I tend oh, to have a tiny little phone keyboard. But <laughs> yeah. well, welcome I have back to, to the show. Admit. We missed you last time. Oh yeah, no, I got to listen to it on the podcast uh, through the feed, but uh, yeah, I saw that there was a uh, another fan cast uh, live event. I was really bummed out because it was like. Recorded, I think, about a week right before I got my new computer. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of fun, though, but uh, I think adding me into the mix probably would have... I mean, it sounded like a good roundtable, but uh, me and probably a few other people probably would have made it too, uh, I don't know, hard to understand, I think, probably. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was was packed. It was really cool. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I gotta be honest. I, you know, my uh, my imagination for theorization for the show over the past couple of months has kind of dried up a little bit because you know I can talk about this much later in the in the show as in the you know the after party, but um, 
don't really have a whole lot to add to the discussion as far as like theories and what I think might be going on. Yeah, as so many of the questions are answered, it's just like we don't really know what else to look for, <laughs> except for you know the just the big questions about the origin. I mean, you know, right? If yeah, there, there's been win. some discussion about the. I think I mentioned something with last episode's um, discussion in the forum about biomass contributing to decaying diseased bodies, generating the gas, and it was then I realized, oh yeah, that's right. L.A. is an oil city, so there's that biomass you're looking for. Mm. And something else I mentioned about two years ago when I first joined the forum is the um, big uh, asteroid uh, dinosaur extinction event, uh, theorization that the dinosaurs were already dying from some kind of disease before the asteroid impact has some credence to it. Oh, so. zombie dinosaurs. Yep. Yeah. Back to yeah. the you know zombie dinosaurs again. There's the spinoff right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is it? Land Before Time zombies? Oh, maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> something else I was thinking of, too, is that, uh, and I did a little tiny bit of research on this before I got on the call, is that the uh, U.S. Geological Survey has shown that extraction of oil from the ground can lead to minor earthquakes and a... Uh, something called subsidence. Basically what happens is it's like letting air out of a balloon. It's going to shrink, but in the case of drilling oil, the ground will start to settle and sink. So I'm thinking that could possibly have been what the cracks around Ground Zero were. Not necessarily earthquake cracks. It's the ground cracking as it starts to sag into the ground as the pressure of the gas underground is released into the air. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say much to that. That's... Yep. <laughs> Very interesting. But I've got a couple questions for you. Sure thing. Hey, uh, you planning on going to the finale? Unfortunately, I can't make it. Um, yes, I'm here. Again, more. I don't mind talking about it, but I don't want to take up too much time in the main portion of the show. Again, if there's like kind of like an after party after show when we stop recording the podcast, I'd be more than happy to talk about it. But a, a lemony snicket series of an unfortunate events has taken place of late, and. Unfortunately for me, L.A. is out. Oh, yeah. That's thanks, man. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, and you're more than welcome to hang out. And if you want to mute or you know, hop in here and there. Sure thing. Will do. Do that. And good talking to you again, Redshirt. Oh, yeah. You too, guys. Thanks. Awesome. All right. And I'm going to bring Megan onto the broadcast. Megan, Megan. Sorry. We, I know somebody named Megan spelled like that that goes by Megan. And you can unmute your mic now if you'd like. Yeah, it's Megan. Megan, sorry. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. For those who don't remember or didn't hear, I'm, I'm Gamer Girl on the boards. Yes, I remember. Megan, Gamer Girl. So, so did how do you like today's show? Uh, it's great. I like the build-up to what is going to happen. And finally, seeing where all the puzzle pieces, or rephrase that, chess pieces are, <laughs> is kind of refreshing for Casey. Sometimes there's people out there you have no idea what the heck is going on. Oh, yeah. What were you going to ask, Redbeard? I was going to see uh, what kind of, if you had any huge takeaways from today's episode. The, um, I wish he'd gotten a little more description of the paper on the wall in yeah. Ink Slayer, because that just kind of reminds me of a pinup board that tech does and stuff use for, um, you know, when they're following, following through cases and everything. Like the strings or, attached to yes. the things? Uh, 
like they just used in Sherlock Holmes, they used in the TV series Flash Forward. I just I like that image. True Detective. I'll just drop that again since we <laughs> <laughs> were talking about it last week. <laughs> hey, but, um, yeah. oh, kind ahead. of pictures to me how Casey is working too. Like, oh, I've got this board that he talks about all the time, and it's neat that Ink has his own because Michael oh, used yeah. it too. Michael used it back in season one. I kept hoping that uh, Casey would have that in his office while on the live shows, and we'd get a little glimpse. <laughs> but no, it was a great episode, great lead-up, and there's a whole month between the streaming of the last episode and today that's pretty much going to kill me. I know, I can't believe it. Are you, uh, you going to be going to the finale? No, I'm landlocked, or eastbound-locked on that one, so... I gotcha. understand. Let's see. Um, pick, I'm pulling up my old We're Alive predictions thing, and I'm looking for some questions. Do you think Michael's going to live? I hope so. I, I think so. Or someone posted on the boards, and I forget who, that it's the, what, the line we're hearing in the beginning is him just before he pushes the button. Like, again, to use a movie analogy to, um, no, I can't remember, Armageddon. Mm-hmm. That, that scene where Bruce Willis is thinking about his daughter and then pushes the button. So if that's how they're going to be, that's how we get it. But. That's how we get that line. He's thinking about it, but again, the rules of the journals is how did he get out to tell anybody? Well, the journals. Case, what Casey says about the journals is there. You only know they're alive up to the point that they're actually reading them. Is what I think yeah. he said. So I mean, he could be he could be dead, and but if it's an internal monologue before he pushes the button, how did it, that part get out? Oh, you're saying? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That wouldn't fit into that rule. Then it probably couldn't happen like that. Yeah, so... Somebody survives. Let's see, how about Saul? <laughs> or do you have any big theories as far as uh, some of these characters go? I'm always wrong when I watch TV series and go, they're going to die. Like, doesn't matter the series, I'm always wrong. So, I mean, again, we haven't heard from Saul in a journal for a while, although he hasn't been in an emotional place to write anything down. Mm. I'd like there not to have be an orphan at the end of this, <laughs> but... Law of average is the way things like this are written. Someone from that group is going to go down. And I don't want any of them to go down. But I don't know. I think Saul is the most likely to do that heroic gesture. You know, if I stay here and detonate this, my son will survive. Get out. Protect him. Right. So over the three, people are going to hate me. I think Saul, if someone has to stay behind, I think it's going to be Saul. No. <laughs> um, that's what it's going to seem like, and then Victor will punch him in the face, and Michael will drag him out. What do you know? Saul's immune to grenades going off. <laughs> well. <laughs> so, uh, here's the big question. Do you think we're going to have a good ending, meaning that our survivors come out alive? You know that they went. Um, somebody, somebody has to survive. I think Ink is going down. I think Scratch is going down, so we'll get a happy ending that way. But I think what's going to determine how happy it is is the body count by the end of that last episode. Hmm. Okay, very good. Let's see, Ink and Scratch go down. That's that's probably that probably constitutes a good ending. It's not necessarily happy, and everything's great for everybody. Like '80s movie ending for some things, but <laughs> they high five at the end. But yeah, I could see that totally. Let's see. Um, you have some questions, Redbeard? I don't. I've All got right. a head of really. Here's what's sad. I've got a. I've got <laughs> on this old spreadsheet. I've got Datu's name on it. Oh. Or if he lives or dies, and I'll just go ahead and say, uh, Todd Litmaster, Funky Dung, 
red shirt also said all said dies <laughs> for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and yeah, nobody said he would turn and go good like we were hoping, like I was hoping. <laughs> I did not call that one. No, that really stuck. Let's see, what do we have here? Oh, I was looking. I thought we had another Facebook post trying to get people in here. Close this up. Sorry. One second. Silent Hill Alien Ending. Oh, man. That that was a good game. Let's see. Reading the comments. Did you pull any favorite lines out of today's show? Again, I just like the the stare of ink into the camera. Like I like Randy's like gotcha look from the last one. Mm-hmm. Just the way that they take it's real easy to throw lines around in any medium, but just the way that he the voiceovers describe those looks, something you can actually visualize. Oh yeah, that was really good. Did you, could you feel like you could see what they were doing when they're going on that tunnel and watching, you know, the controller to see where Cody was? Mm. Not so much. No. <laughs> But I can see him, like, hearing the noise of Cody coming into the room and giving it a chance to look around and, you know, let them think they're safe and stable and just walking up to it. and mm-hmm. Like, I, think, I know what a camera is, and I know someone's watching through this. Right. I think my favorite line was uh, Scratch's final line of, we were playing such a great game of hide-and-seek, and guess what? I found you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, it, did you get? It sounded to me like she, once you said "I found you," that she was right there, like talk, like in front of CJ or Kelly or whoever. At that point, did you get that, or did you get that the mic was uh, just closing in on her? I was like she was uh, out in the lobby still. Okay. I got. She may have been walking up the steps, or yeah, at least walking to the steps, but I don't think she, she was right in the door. same room. Because she starts out far away, and then by the end of the thing, she's like right there in your face. So I didn't know if she was like at the door or confronting some of our uh, Dunbarites. <laughs> I wasn't sure. See, I guess Puck's not going to be getting up and helping out with this. What did you think about the mushrooms and the dead animals? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it kind of makes sense if they have the holes that they need to be eating something. Mm-hmm. But I just never thought of vegetarian zombies. <laughs> oh, wow. that's hilarious. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, definitely. Because there's that old joke, like what a vegetom- vegetarian zombie say? They go gr- grains instead of <laughs> Very bad old joke. Grains, maybe? No, no they go grains. Oh, grains. Are, yeah, but in a better zombie impersonation than I do. <laughs> Right. Let's see here. Anybody else want to hop in the show? Do you have any uh, have any questions for us? <laughs> Not really, but um, I don't know if anyone's seen it yet. I put up on the boards in the main part of the episode discussion. I was thinking about doing a re-listen of the series, maybe more as a community thing. Um, basically, everyone listened to a season a week, and on Monday we could start posting all about season one, and then a week later do season two, then do season three, then season four, kind of an overview. Mm-hmm. Go back, like, what we missed, what is coming into play more at the end, what our favorite parts were. Just look at it as a chunk, as a season, instead of episode by episode. Yes, so. that looks like a really cool thing to do. It's going to be a lot of listening, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, there are people who, like, come on the... I suppose, like, yeah, I caught up in the series in two weeks, and... Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, we have a buddy that just started listening like Thursday, and he's on chapter thirteen. That's yeah, just so wild. <laughs> he just he's flying through them. Twelve-ish hours, I think, is fairly easy to schedule. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, we're gonna bring Cat uh, onto the call, and like we told Richard earlier, uh, if you want to mute now, that's fine. Or if you want to uh, join in at any time, just unmute and hop in. Thanks, Megan. Good to talk to you again. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Hello, Kat. Uh, you brought onto the broadcast. You can unmute at any time. Sorry, let me go grab my headphones real quick. <laughs> okay. All right. Redbeard, what do you think about the mushrooms? Um, I was wondering if they were psychedelic. Did you? Th <laughs> <laughs> Did you think they were eating them? Because I couldn't. I couldn't tell. That's what I'm assuming. Because they're not much different than a human. So. Yeah, I guess they aren't in this. In this story. Since they got someone with intelligence leading them, I guess that's all they need. But, I mean, how else would they be surviving this long? I don't know. What about the uh, the new creation? I kind of thought that it was going to be the new, you know, something about the new creation there. But then it was, it turns out he was even deeper. I mean, what, what well, you know, it would be like fungus Saul, You know, Saul hears it whenever they're down deep, down. And I've got a visitor here. One second. <laughs> I'm assuming that, that that would be the uh, protein source for them, uh, since there's not a whole lot of meat that is available to the uh, the biters. Yeah, it wasn't. I really don't know what they're gonna do, what they were doing there. And Emma says you should see me now. I don't. Maybe they're talking about Twitter or something. Empathy says uh, they listen to listen to it driving across country. Yeah, you could probably get through a large chunk of it like that. I'm wondering how much we are going to be able to get through because we're, you know, talking about recording other stuff along the way and doing that and stopping to play. I don't know, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a free-for-all. Yes! It's going to be a free-for-all. <laughs> and Lisa, we see you're in here. Uh, we're going to bring you onto the show here in just a few minutes. So, yeah, please don't leave if you can hang out. So, yeah, okay, I don't know if we've had anybody else join on, but if you're... If you have the ability to go to the finale but don't have tickets, put it in the comment section. Oh, okay. So if somebody could make it but they don't have tickets. Can't give these things away. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> Welcome back, Kat. Hello. I guess we'll have you on the show even though you, for some reason, want Salt to die so badly. <laughs> hey, I think I'm right. <laughs> that Nate G's interview was pretty ominous. <laughs> yeah. Not sure, but he just, he can't. He's not allowed. <sighs> There's been too much prep for him. There's been too much prep for when he's gone. Hmm. I don't think it'll be him. I think Vic will take it, take it, take one for the team. They wouldn't do that to Vic and Kelly. Yeah. I mean, Kelly, well, I Kelly's. guess Casey really could, but... <laughs> <laughs> Kelly can survive on her own. Thanks. Brandon Thomas says, I think the new creature is a double-dipped little one. Person changed via little one to get their traits, then injected with drugs again. Baby Double is a little dip. one twice. Ooh. That's an interesting take. Here in terms I think it's going to be something flying. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Flying. Yes. Some I mean, flying zombies. well, ink... They specifically said, or what Casey wrote it to specifically say, that on Ink's lair's wall is a picture of a human and a helicopter. Oh, yes. Well, I think How those humans uh, a helicopter. Those would be the two things that they're trying to evade, 
thought... And then it would be an epic boss battle. Uh... <laughs> I'm feeding for some video games. Can you guys tell? A human helicopter. Yeah, and see, Michael, he did have the verbiage in there of what looked like to me to be a human in a helicopter and a helicopter. Was the two mm-hmm. things you could see. He didn't say it was for sure, so that little wordplay leaves room for that for sure. I think just the fact that they're both there. That, and that's... I mean, he thinks maybe he could combat helicopters with zombie But I'm the one that makes crazy predictions, so... <laughs> it's all dying. I like that one. I mean, yeah, I never would have thought of that. You think he's doing it with the little ones he has left? I, I have no idea where he's getting it from. My, my theory goes as far as, they're going to fly, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> You'll believe a zombie can fly. Well, it's kind of like pigs. Or pegs, either one. <laughs> oh, man, I thought you said pegs at first. And I was like, oh, come on. No, I'm not that mean. Hopefully Scratch doesn't make pegs fly. You think she's going to survive the confrontation? Mm, I I hope so, but no, I don't know. I think she may be forced to, uh, to kill Scratch herself, possibly. Ooh. She took care of Latch already. It would be the chance to make her more independent and strong. Well, she did kill Latch. But would that break her spirit? Ooh, I'm okay with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> See, i got to defend Pegs if you guys have the whole Saul thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm on, I'm on your side with Pegs here. we got to figure out. Well, that's so awesome you finally came around. No, I wasn't talking. <laughs> <laughs> And we see you, Alberto. Sorry, you're still at work, man. Alberto! In here. Just go take a quote-unquote smoke break and talk for about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can get you in here. So, you, let me go ahead and put you on this on our spreadsheet here. Cat thinks Saul will die. Ooh, Lisa put up here. Grognard said he thought Pegs was going to sacrifice herself. Oh. Well, if she's with the baby, I could totally see that sort of thing happening. But, mm. but Michael like, isn't gonna play knight in shining armor. It's not like yeah, if she's not. He won't be around. He'd be too busy. He's got his hands full. Well, luckily, luckily he doesn't have that MacGyver ticking time bomb he has to get away from. Broke. But that's that's a good and bad thing at this point. So what okay. about you think Michael dies, Cat? I I no. But I'm leaving it open to possibly. <laughs> I, hold on. Because it's Michael talking at the very beginning of the series and doing the initial recap, I get the feeling he survives, but it's not going to be pretty. Right. Uh, see, Lisa asked, what makes C4 explode? Anyone know? Well, it, it's, it's electricity. Yes. That was my question, too. Yeah. So it's got to have fire, Can't shoot it with bullets. It's pretty much inert without electricity. That's right. Even high velocity rounds. I mean, it's not. You can't can't get it to go off without that shock. But has MythBusters proved it? <laughs> I don't know. Have they done C4? I, I don't remember that. That they have. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't because it wouldn't be a myth. It's not. Yeah, it's unless there was a myth out there that somebody said they actually was able to get C4 to go off without that. But. I'm gonna Google it and blacklist myself somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Mm. Let's see. Emma says she clicked the Hangout link and has it open. Not sure why you guys can't see me. I cannot see Emma in here. 
unless her name is coming up with something different. Let me go ahead and bring Lisa in here real quick. She's been on Hanging Out. Oh, wow. I stand corrected. Detonation can only be initiated by a combination of extreme heat and shockwave, such as a detonator inserted into yeah. his fire. blasting cap. So blasting caps. Where in the world do I remember electricity from? It's electrical impulse that sends the signal to the blasting cap to go off. Well, I'm just... I think. I could just be, I could just be compounding ignorance with more ignorance. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Let me bring Lisa in here. No, Lisa, I mean, yeah, I know for sure that you use electricity to detonate a blasting cap, so that makes mm-hmm. sense. You can unmute anytime, and welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, sorry. Can you hear I, me? I can hear you just fine. Okay. Sure can. Yeah, sorry. We didn't explain well enough that... Uh, when you're brought on, not because you had left earlier, I'm not sure what happened. But yeah, anyways, welcome back or welcome to the show. We've seen your name a couple times, I think, on Twitter, right? Yeah. Well, not I don't know, not Twitter. Not Twitter. I, I have a question about C4. Oh. What yes. if it What if it landed in the fire? Hmm. I th- I'm pretty sure you can set C4 on fire and it's not going it, to go off. Right. It's at extreme heat. So I don't know. I wonder what kind of extreme heat. What like, I want to uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, I know, like, thermite has to be set off by magnesium strips, so however hot that is. It seems like they're setting up a lot of sacrifices. Do you get that feeling? Like, somebody's going to have to sacrifice themselves to set off the C4, and somebody's going to have to sacrifice themselves to get rid of Scratch. Well, let's see, uh, what kind of what kind of weapons do they have with them? Do they have a rifle? Uh, yeah. so, uh, they have a Matagun. Uh, that's not going to be fast enough. No. Okay, I'm going to mute real quick. I've got to, I'm going to try to type in Emma's Gmail account to get her in here real quick. So one second. Oh, you can continue. It's not going to mess anything up. I was, hey, I was googling. I was googling, googling the velocity of a 5.56 round just because I don't remember it off the top of my head. Because <laughs> uh, I had a question. Yeah. What do you think is CJ's weapon of choice since she doesn't have her katana? A second katana? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe she's got Dunbar all rigged up. She's got like a penguin style. You know, penguin can pull a sword out of his uh, umbrella. He's, maybe she's got that on her crutch. She's just always so prepared. Suddenly so I'm thinking <laughs> Dwight Schrute with the office and how he has stuff hidden everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to come up with a good false for that one, but I I couldn't do it. (laughs) Okay. So C4 detonation velocity is 26,000 feet per second. So that's how fast the bullet would have to be going. And just for reference, the five, five, six round is 3,100 feet per second. So, um, uh, shot out of a certain weapon, a rifle would not set it off. Uh, yeah, Mm, my goodness. That's a huge jump. I thought out of the M16 use? it was 5,500 feet per second. Huh? I thought it what was could they use? Wait, I'm wrong. What could they yeah. use to set off the C4? Yeah, what do they wow. have? The only real good way to do it would be if they could apl- reapply the blasting cap and then make it, you know, go boom, close. Because they're going to have to get close to do it. So that would that would be somebody sacrificing themselves for sure. Yeah. Hmm. I just had a terrible crack theory. What's that? Do you think they'll MacGyver maybe one of the radios to give the electrical impulse, but somebody has to stay behind? Well, but if uh, they use the radio, couldn't they just, like, 
call the radio, or do they have to, like, in some way tear apart the radio and use the electricity, or do they just activate it? I don't know. Datu's not around anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Pat was the one that built that bomb, the radio bomb. Oh, yeah. Back in, like, season two? Who who was it? Bert. Oh. He had the radio bomb. What are the chances somebody accidentally, you know, they reach into a pouch and CJ threw one in because she's CJ? Yeah, that could be something to to help save the story at the last minute. Wouldn't it be funny if Michael's I don't fear death is what he's saying as they're running out, and that's what Ink's hearing, and then the bomb goes off? Yeah, I could totally see that, because that's kind of what I expect is, is him to be the sacrifice. Uh, no, 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 no. They managed to all get out, and as he's running, he's starting to say those lines. That's the last thing Ink hears before he explodes. Oh, okay. I just, so I don't everybody know what, gets out, but... I don't know why they're so afraid of having to get all the way out of these tunnels, though, with this C4 blast, then, because he would have to be pretty far away to be yelling that at Ink. Okay, so according to Mythbusters, after heating the C4 in a commercial 1,000-watt microwave for 60 seconds, they could detonate it a lot easier. So I guess if you throw it in the fire, then shoot it, maybe. (laughs) Okay, so it it lowered the detonation resistance. I'm not sure what they even call that. We've got the molecules wiggling around. Man, I, I, I have no idea. What's up, Richard? No, it's just something I wanted to add a little bit to the uh, C4 discussion, but before I do, hello, NSA, how you doing tonight? Just want to let you know this is a fictional no, speculation no, no, no. discussion. We're Michael, Mythbusters, we should be, one of our sources is Mythbusters, we should be yeah. fine. Well, I was just looking up um, TNT, C4, and RDX on uh, Wikipedia, so they already have my IP, but... Um, <laughs> The problem with detonating any explosive, C4 or TNT or RDX, um, underground is, okay, suicide trigger man aside, the people that want to live need to get as far away as as they possibly can because the confined space of the tunnel is going to attenuate the blast and make it more intense, not to mention the possibility of cave-ins. Concussive force. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I have no idea how KC is going to make that play out. Well, it would be hotter the lower you go down, right? Maybe that's, I mean, it's not like a microwave, but it might make well, it easier to explode. Yes, but on. they're not that deep. They're not deep enough for the temperature to have increased significantly. When you know, you're talking about it getting hotter the deeper you go, we're talking thousands, several thousands of feet deep. Yeah. Um, there are some mines that are so deep that they do have to have rigid, um, air conditioning refrigeration systems to cool the mine at the lower levels. But uh, like I said, we're talking like three and 4,000 feet deep. Okay, uh, so we've already mentioned how deep it is. He's got a fire down there. At one point, they thought they saw fog. Could there be like steam or is that the smoke exiting the tunnel? What do you think that is? Because I thought that was an interesting detail to throw in. Yeah, um... I kind of go along with the characters in that it might have been some of the fog or some of the uh, the gas from you know the, the the zombie gas we've been talking about since we discovered it a couple seasons ago. I thought so too, but, but then uh, they just kind of walked through there like it was mm-hmm. no big deal. They didn't have to use the tanks. Yeah, well, since you well, mentioned it, I think it's I a think possibility it could be smoke from the fires. Yeah. Well, I, I took that as there was a wisp that kind of went by Cody, but when they got to it, it already cleared out. Hmm. 
Yeah, so don't Bra- ditch the tanks. And Brandon, since y'all brought up about Bert and the walkie-talkie thing, um, Brandon Thomas in the comments mentions, uh, just thought of this, Bert showed Saul how to make the walkie-talkie bomb at the airport. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. If that was in the form, that would get a plus one from me. Good call. Yeah. That's, that's some really nice setup, isn't it? I totally threw out the walkie-talkie thing on a whim. I'm just saying that much. (laughs) (laughs) I had not put those dots together yet. Better option than my CJ just threw one in the back. That'd be a little too convenient. (laughs) (laughs) But we have an Emma. We do, we do. All right, uh, let's bring her onto the, the show here. Hey, Emma, you can unmute at any time. Welcome back to the show. We're live. Hello. Hey, we're live. <laughs> Yay. Welcome back. Hey. Well, that's something. I so think. you have show notes, you said. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys about the well that zombies created, or biters, whatever we call them. I thought it was interesting they called it a well, too. But it didn't sound like it. Let me go back to, I think I have that quoted even. Let me bring it up here. Or go ahead. I think that I think that was just something Saul called it to make a comparison. Um, I think they might have just inadvertently run into a, uh, yeah. a small spring and then gap just took advantage the, of it. This is a gap in the wall where water dripped to a pool. Then yeah, Saul says their well works better than ours. Was he being surprised? Uh, I thought it was weird. Um, oh yeah, it was definitely weird because it seems like this is something they wanted to have happen was to somehow get water into this room. Yeah, um... He did it. Yeah. Uh, also, the moaning in the background. Was that Saul? There was moaning a few times. I think... It, Saul mentions that's what he heard before. Is I think that's the new creation, if that's what you're talking about. This little like mystery zombie. Human. I think it was a few times they were going, oh, shut him up, or something. That was Puck. Puck. Okay. Yeah, that was Puck. No, that was Puck. It sounded a lot like Saul to me. So... Okay. <laughs> They both sound a little bit alike when they're in pain. <laughs> yeah, when they're both complaining. <laughs> he just rebroke his leg. Give him a chance. Poor guy. <laughs> All right, let's see. Do uh, you have some more notes, Emma? Um, I went back and listened to it, and uh, Pete, when he uh, called them again, I think it was Scratch and the Maulers that took him or whatever. Like he You're was going going, in he, and out. he was Sorry. talking to scratching the mauler. Yeah, he was talking to like Bert over the uh, radio, and he was like, "Oh, they got me," and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He said he was over the radio, and the scratch on the maulers like took him. Prior. Oh yeah, well, talking about with Pete and Max in. and all that. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yes. It was Bert, and I was like, oh, Bert, shut up for a second. The bad thing about Pete is nobody's coming to get him, because I'm pretty sure Bert and Riley are heading straight to Dunbar, and he's just going to be laying out there bleeding. Poor guy. I feel a little bit bad for him. All right, does anybody have any favorite lines from the show they wanted to talk about? Uh, Saul nerding out over Halo. That was... Oh, yeah. He could get the warthog wherever he wanted to. Yeah. That was great. I was like, who do you think builds these things? A bunch of nerds. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, there was um, something I wanted to throw out there. Um, now that we're seeing even deeper inside these tunnels and what the contents of these tunnels are, I'm thinking mud daubers, I'm thinking underground gardens. Um, I think it was the first live fan cast that we did. I'm kind of starting to feel a little bit bad ripping on formic acid and ants. Because this is kind of more or less what some species of ant actually do. They build underground tunnels just like this. They actually have underground gardens just like this where they grow fungus to eat. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Very much a hive mentality. Mm Mm-hmm. They're kind of like army ants. A bit, yeah. Hmm. Except they have a male at the head instead of a female queen. (laughs) Well, he's making all the new ones, right? Yeah. No, that's... I think it's all great ideas. What, uh... Or are they pulling his strings? Hmm. Oh, you mean are they making him... Yeah, you know, I've always wondered if it, I don't know if he's going to explain it or not, but you know, what's what's this residing in them? Because you know, the way they explain Datu fading out and that someone else was taking the, the front seat, you know, taking control. Mm-hmm. What what is that? <laughs> Are we going to get an answer for that at all? And it doesn't go away. Like when they decompose, it's it it's released as what it was originally, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's reproduced or if it's just something they breathe in or if they get inside of themselves and it stays there. But they can also bite people and it doesn't reduce their bite ability, you know, to make new zombies, supposedly. Hmm. Hmm. Where are we going with this? I, I, yeah, the very last episode will be a musical. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Cue the table flip. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Don't cue the table flip. We got permission the last live episode during the after party? Or were we still recording for that? Because I hate my voice and I didn't listen to this episode when it hit the feed. Oh, you should have. It was great. <laughs> but Casey mentioned, we, we talked about the musical and I said maybe ABBA style. He's like, if you guys want to do it, do it. So I think the but table flip won't uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we got permission. I just think the table flim comes if we ask him to do it. That would be so awesome. Oh, let's see. Uh, Eric, well, someone going by Eric Cartman says, I'm still not 100% convinced that Inca has turned. He may just be commanding the troops. They but mentioned his eyes are clear. But he can't talk. When he tries he to can. say, I'm Paul, yeah, but when he tries to say, I'm Paul, he has to like, you know, it's not like a straightforward thing. And when he's in the, the basement of Dunbar, he doesn't sound like to leave her. It's like, leave hmm. Well, unless he's got something that he doesn't want to talk or like, you know, when you're getting over a cold and you don't talk for a loud t- long time, your voice gets funky. But he if also he calls. He calls people. He has that howl. Oh, yeah. There's that. I think he's been changed, but I think, one, he's such a genius, but two, maybe whatever was wrong with him was um, biological, and so, or maybe he's the king, like the queen, but he's just different. Hmm. I don't know, after seeing the way the tunnels were structured and kind of going off of what Red Shirt was saying, yeah. yeah. All right, let's see, is there anything else we want to cover before we wrap this up? I have a question. Yeah. 
Well, okay, I know that they can now they can eat uh, mushrooms, but they're putting mushrooms. They're like growing them out of people, right? It's still like, what are they gonna do when they run out of people? Well, they were eating. It sounded like they were eating animals, which was yeah. seems to be, to be maybe not new, but kind of uh, just growing on maybe old theory. And they said something about worms, or you know, it could yeah, be. Yeah, it's moving. They were gardening. It was wild to have some what kind of renewable resource. What do you think they look like? Because he doesn't really describe. I mean, he. Um, they described the one as wearing like acid washed wash jean jacket and all this, and I'm like, ah. He's Are they doing down, their laundry? He's been down there since the 80s. No, but 20-year fashion cycle, acid wash jackets would have been coming back around. Dang it. <laughs> but, I mean, are they doing their laundry? <laughs> I mean, or are they just, you know, they smell, and I just assume they were dirty, but they don't describe the clothes as being dirty. They do have water. If you walk around in the rain, it eventually kind of washes your clothes, maybe? <laughs> maybe. But they're underground, too. It seems like, well, yeah. And when's the last time it rained? That was part of CJ's thing. They live in a desert. Um, last time it rained, I think, is when Lizzie and Datu died. Mm. Oh, yeah, good good pick up there. That sounds right. Let's see. Maybe there was a water table at one time, and they diverted it. Hmm. <laughs> I, I wish there was some way we could like have a list of questions we want to ask because I have so, oh, and I know I've, I've got a list. Him, add to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let me bring it up real quick. I've got a list for questions for Casey after we're live's finished. And the thing about him is, I kind of feel like he has answers. Oh Not yeah. Not like lost. <laughs> no, <where> it's <laughs> just like and then magic happened. Well, speaking of, I'm sure you've heard we've talked about it before. The whenever the live finale is streamed. Um, I forget what the date is off the top of my head, but it's 29th. a couple of weeks. The 29th, okay. When it's live streamed, um, afterwards there's going to be a, an after show, and uh, Casey asked us to host it, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna do. He's doing that to answer questions and kind of just talk about all of it. So yeah, we can we can definitely add to some of these questions we have. Two, um, ans two answered questions. I believe so. I believe that's what part of it's for is just to really answer oh, oh, these questions of the entire show. Four answering questions. Okay. Yes. Not just you. He's only going <laughs> to answer two. Only two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Mick. I don't yes. have moderator controls, so okay. I can't invite uh, Todd in. Sure. One second. He Let said me... that someone needs to send him an invite. Bring up the con controls. What kind of crackerjack operation is this? <laughs> there we go. Well, let's see. How do I invite? All right. Uh, was that was that Megan or Lisa with the question for Casey? Me. Me. Lisa. <laughs> Me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the question? We should ask him if uh, he'll write the songs for the musical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until disconnect from the call, because table flipping can't be done through a hangout. <laughs> oh, yeah, if there was, his webcam would be doing flips. <laughs> it seems like it'd be easier to pick a song and then so you have music, like not try to write music. Oh, if he has music, he writes too. Pick a familiar tune and then just rewrite the words to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Isn't that copyright, though? Depends. Yeah. There's fair usage and satire you can get away with, but Casey can't do it because he's made money on the show. 
It's also yeah. a Mary Had a Little Lamb, uh, these familiar tunes like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've already written a version a version of uh, one from Chorus Line <laughs> for Ink. Oh. And we laugh. <laughs> that would be hysterical. I was bored at work. So instead of voting, the song is not Dance 10 looks 3. Could have a new uh, Do You Want to Build a Zombie uh, Frozen song. I still haven't seen that movie. <laughs> That would be lost on me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's all my sisters ever seen. Non stop. Well, I've, I've seen videos about people singing, but I just haven't seen the original. Oh. So maybe people can just like just have a thing up on the forum and just say if you come up with something, post it. Maybe with music suggestions. Well, I've got a playlist <laughs> trying to get put together. I have a five hour drive to the convoy start point. So I'm trying to throw together a playlist for <laughs> my lonely drive. If you want to look in the everything else music section. Okay. Like what? Like what sort of thing? Just anything we're alive themed, related, anything that makes you think of a particular what? character. It's staying alive. So entertaining. Re your brain. You need to find that song. It is hilarious. What is it? It's re like R E colon your brains and it's oh, like what's his tom, name? i think it's tom collins is the original guy but i had there's a cover of the whiff and poofs too a acapella group from yale actually it's absolutely hilarious and that's where i first heard it but i don't i uh-huh. yeah i've heard the guy who did that yeah, it's like his, his his the guys in the office have all turned to zombies and they're yeah, like and the, mailing the, him yes but the whiff and poofs cover is absolutely hilarious I have a question about Dunbar. Yeah. Who's coming out alive? Oh, I hate oh. these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly narrated. Yeah, Kelly narrated, so I Karen think she's maybe the only one I can say for certain is has a chance, at least to make it out of the building. Just Hope has say, a better than average chance of making it out of the building. She's A, she's already done it, oh. and B, she's not as determined dependent on sight to get out as everybody else is. She's kind of a wild Doesn't card, too. I mean, she's, like, there, and her eyesight has sort of come back, and nobody's thinking about her. So, I Doesn't mean... Hope have, um, Nicholas? Yeah. Possibly. We don't know for sure, but no. Nobody knows where Hope, Paige, and Nicholas are at the moment. Well, I think, we, I think they say Pegs is with Nicholas, or did they not know for sure? All they say was no, he, they didn't know. he thinks she's on the sixth floor, and that's, no one asked about Nicholas, no one mentioned Hope. Oh. I don't think Nicholas is going to make it. Oh. No! No, 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 no! Ooh. Wow. I don't, think, I don't think Scratch would take him out, unless it was an accident. But I don't want to raise no. him either. Nicholas well, symbolizes like, hope and, and life and new life for the mm. end of the show. Yeah. Maybe Although, Kelly will get out with Nicholas. Yeah, well, somebody has to get it out with Nicholas. Or else Nicholas mm. isn't getting out, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> nope. So if anything, Scratch would kill him, because she's got... That's her soft spot. Her one and only soft spot. True. True, but if two of the Maulers with her, which probably don't have that backstory, do something that causes harm to him, I can easily see her turning on them. Or yeah. she sees pegs and shoots pegs, but the bullet passes through and... Well, you can get the idea. I could see Scratch giving oh. explicit directions to not harm the baby. Right. If she even knows uh, the baby. Well, I can see Max Scratch would know the baby, never mind. Hitting that baby. 
I can see Scratch kidnapping Nicholas. Or wanting yeah. to. Would that be one of the yeah. open-ended things that Casey would leave us with? Scratching Surely it not. and running off? No. Maybe. I hope not. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think they're going to settle Scratch. I think, I think we're going to see her more human side. I'm hoping we'll see her human side. Because the thing I've really loved about her as a character is just by what she says and her past and everything, everything she does makes sense. You know, she's a little crazed, but, but she's had this abusive childhood and, you know, she lost her baby and all this other stuff. It just, it, everything has made sense character-wise. So I'm ho- and he writes three-dimensional villains. So I, I'm hoping we see more of her, like, inner life. I think yes. Riley will kill Scratch. I think Riley's going to go berserk when she sees her. Like, maybe everyone else is giving Scratch second thoughts, but once Riley sees Scra- Scratch, she's going to go berserk and kill her. And then Bert will have to kill Riley. They are yeah, kind of paired up. That's what I hope happens. I just hope none of our good survivors bite it and then Bert and Riley show up and save the day. I doubt that's what yeah. happens, though. Let me answer a question in the comments real quick. Brandon Thomas asks, is that Q&A going to be recorded? Talking about the Casey uh, little talk we're going to have in the after show following um, the live streaming of the finale. I'm not sure yet. We haven't talked exactly how we're going to run it, but if he's going to let us do it like this, then yeah, by all means it will be recorded. And uh, since it looks like an official We Are Live deal, we'll let him decide you know, how he wants us to release it. Your predecessors, when they did a live stream of one of the season finales, did a post show, and I was able to hear all those through the Apple iTunes store. So, oh, cool! You live. got precedent. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I would think that'd be the way it would work, but I wouldn't want to speak for him if if he's wanting to release it somehow differently. I'm not sure. We haven't had a chance to talk about it other than he asked us to do it. We were like, yeah, we'd love to. <laughs> hey, Mick, where the yes. heck are you going to invite people? At the very top, there's a button to invite people next to the Google Plus uh, symbol. I know have that. Mm. Okay, yeah. Um, who is it? I can send it to him. Todd, you want to you message it to me? Sure. All right. And while we're waiting, is there any other interviews that we're missing that you guys would really like to hear that we could reach out to the you know people on We Are Live? Hmm. Who haven't you done, I think is part of the question. <laughs> well, we're going to talk to Phil Englert at some point. He's a sound engineer in the background who I also believe oh, works on. Yes, yeah, Grayson. Did you say Grayson? Because Grayson would probably have all the dirt. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. We do want to talk to him. I'd like to know more about um, their whole thing with the Nerdist channel, like what that's meant for them. Oh, yeah, good question. Let me add that. That is a great question. I think the one thing that did uh, come out of that partnership is the uh, ad revenue, the uh, Nerdist's leverage, I guess you could say, with their experience, and mm-hmm. all the different channels and associated podcasts that they have in their network. Um, they've already got a pretty or at the time the uh, deal happened, they already had a really good footing in a, you know, deals with advertising. You might notice that the, uh, the ads that they were running before the show significantly changed. Yeah. From before to, to after. What I want to know is when the heck does KC get his in, his interview on the Nerdist podcast? <gasps> yeah. He has it, um, and 
He said, I, th- I think he said it was going to come out around the time of the finale. Oh. But I'm not sure if it's with Chris Hardwick or not. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, if it's not with Casey, it should be the last person Sorry. that you'll interview. Yeah, we would really like to get to talk to him, just sit down and, you know, get to pick his brain about a lot of these things. But we're glad we've been able to talk to him a few different times, but uh, just to show and other things like that, too. What about inter- um, Tardust? The character Ooh, we all Tardust. love to hate. Yeah. Skittles. Skittles, Bob Bergen. Yeah, oh, he's man, that would be incredible. Let's see. Do you think he's done now? Do you think he's he's not going to show up again? Probably not. Done. I think, I think he's, he's going to be one more time. I think he might be one of our open-ended questions. Him and the colonists that are that managed to leave. Oh yeah. I don't think he's going to let these people see hide nor hair of him again. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't Wait. want anything to do with them. I think. Uh, I think they. I think like bites it. He might be more willing to hang out, but he's so damaged at this point. Go ahead. I think they scarred him for life. Uh, <laughs> to let be the one who we'll let split. people in, and then they they ran by, right by you, and you know you just have to live with it. Oh gosh, yeah. And then to know that's the reason that they ran right by you is that they just don't smell you or something like that. It's like you have a connection to them or something. Right. Oof. I wonder if this is a really weird thought that came to me half filled but they mentioned his smell they ignore him I wonder if there's some sort of connection to his scent and ink scent maybe they've got the same type of mental disorder I have no idea if that affects your pheromones at all or if that's even scientifically possible but I've heard that in cases of schizophrenia sometimes people have a strange like burning odor around them and I've also heard the opposite that that people with schizophrenia smell odd smells but um yeah, I, guess I, need to, I guess I need to smell some people the next time I have to laundromat. It's not every time. Is this something that's been observed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it stands to reason in genetics that if you take a certain gene and you turn it on and you turn it off, while it might look like that one gene might control one specific thing, say a, a gene that has a propensity to cause schizophrenia if it's an active gene, the problem is with uh, genetics, it's not clear-cut like computer programming. Those same genes tend to kind of be woven into other effects, and you can't just go flipping genes off and on to try to get certain attributes or turn off certain attributes. So I mean, whether that is true, it certainly is within the realm of possibility that a gene for schizophrenia might be in some strange way related to another gene Related to BO. It's like Tay-Sachs is supposed to protect, when you don't have it full on, obviously, protects people against tuberculosis. When you have it as a recessive. Hmm. I mean, Maybe Skittles and Ica are related. I've wondered that, too. It's very far-fetched. But I, why would he let him it? in? Probably <laughs> not. It could be, could be completely wrong, but possible. So... Well, yeah. like the the earlier extinctions, there weren't humans around. So why didn't everything? It's like not everything changes this time. Maybe like some of the dinosaurs changed into um, zombie dinosaurs, and the ones that didn't survived. But 
I guess we weren't there to turn into to zombies, and now we are, maybe? I don't, that whole extinction thing is, is really interesting. The idea it's come in circles, and it cycles around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if Ink and Skittles were cousins, that may explain why Skittles let him in. Exactly, yeah. yeah I, I believe their cousins are very far distant relatives. So, but who knows? Well, like, they thought he was normal after he'd eaten Paul. So he shows up, and I guess he's picked up. And doesn't have, isn't covered in blood and whatnot. And he looked normal enough to be let in, so he didn't have to be related. But yeah. At least you know mm-hmm. that he did. Are we uh, are we due for some kind of big twist coming up? Because I mean that could be that could be one of the things that comes along or something I hope else. So. I, I hope would love so. a twist. Mm, maybe. Not one that's like unrealistic, yeah. but something that makes sense. You know, when you look back on it. If if there is one. I think it's not going to be so much as a twist as a massive callback to early season one. And it's something that's obvious that we've been overlooking for four years. Uh, yeah, I like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's why I'm re-listening. <laughs> I have a hard time re-listening because he's gotten to be... he's Everything's improved <laughs> so much. So I go back and I'm like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Casey says that if you can get past the first eight episodes, you're golden. I'm one of those people who, like, if there's a trilogy of books, I'll yeah. read the first one, get hooked, and the second one comes out, so I'll read the first again, then read the second, the third. Yeah, like, don't even get me started. How long, to be, how long it took me to get through Harry Potter the seventh time? Yeah, I was just about to ask, because I, I, I did that with Harry Potter. I, time. I read... I read, I read Sorcerer's Stone seven times. Wow. I read wow. The, first, the last book in three days. It, I, I like went through it in three days. I went this horrible book. habit of reading the book that just came out and then going back to the beginning. So when the seventh book came out, I read that one in like 13 hours and then went back through mm-hmm. the whole series starting from book one. But like yeah. how many TV shows? You do see TV her shows I can watch. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, you go. What you say? You can hear you how better she gets. Like, in the first couple of books, it's like his beetle eyes flashed. You know, like every, that was, yeah. she had a certain description she always used. Um, that's kind of not true of Casey, though. To, it's more like it flows better, and the people, hmm, Saul was always at home in his, in his character, I think. But I think some of the others had to kind of, like, sort of sink into their characters. But, but like, <laughs> There's all those throwaway lines that we start randomly debating after something comes up. So just knowing everything we know now, going back start to finish, I think is going to... I always thought that when they looked at the ants and say, doesn't that look familiar? I always thought that was important. Yeah, there are, if you pay attention, um, you don't even have to take notes, but if you pay attention through second, third, fourth, however many re-listens you're going through, there are hints left in there. I think um, we first hear the little ones uh, season one, I want to say. Way before the MRE incident on uh, Fort Bell. And he had been sitting on that and not saying anything about it. 
for all this time. Because he right. said he's been waiting. And you can hear the babies whenever Angel and Riley are at the arena. Yeah, exactly. That we didn't know somebody called pulled that I, out. That was amazing. Creepy. Have we ever figured out why probably... the initial zombies were scarred and bruised? I think there was an explosion. That first mob on the highway? Well there was I an Go ahead. Oh, probably. No, you go ahead, Lisa. Well, there was a there was we heard an explosion when um yeah he, uh, was... Michael was at the college. So in some way yeah. like some gas exploded. And then of course that would have pierced their body and then if they were exposed to the to the gas it would have gotten into their system. There's also the fact that there was a just a big mob of people. Like they may appear bruised because they were scratched they were trying to run away. They got caught up in all of the non-changed people who punched push them around, they bounce off sides of buildings, they get bruised and then they get back up. He doesn't really describe them that way later on, does he? Like once they've won. They're they're not covered in scratches anymore. So it's definitely something that happened right there at the beginning. Because later on they can yeah. be more systematic as they're turning people and finding small packs of survivors. But I think it I think it is there was an explosion. Yeah. And the glass yeah. and a, you know, I've I've been in a few earthquakes in California and if you have, like, people have gas leaks and that sort of thing. So if somebody had a gas leak, yeah. Or it's a combination of both. There was an explosion yeah. in the first episode. Like, I went back to re-listen for my fan fiction that I'm writing. Um, they had an explosion while Michael was at the college. Um, I think it was near the city. Mm-hmm. But it could something. also have it was, been... Like, in the city. It could also have been the army or the somebody responding to the threat. True. Like it could have been the base. Or just well, because no, no, it was at the base. Oh, mm. uh, well. I was gonna yeah. say okay. I thought the base was pretty untouched when they got there. No, well, I'm, not, I'm not so the, sure um, about that. The, the, um, Sorry. Now the uh, the ex- his name was the zombie already. Yeah. The explosion yeah. sounded. I mean, as far as like the timeline and the order of events between. Michael hearing the explosion in the classroom, then running down to, I guess, what would be a common area in the school, seeing what was going on on TV. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, I actually timed it. I, I audio analyzer, and I timed it from, from the moment of the explosion to when he's looking. Actually, he, when he gets the call from Angel, is 62 and a half seconds. So, kind of tell, unless there's like a discontinuity in there where it's like, for editing and time, it was compressed from a few minutes down to the 62 seconds it's actually in the episode. I would strongly believe that the explosion is at the absolute very beginning of the outbreak itself. Well, the what's-his-name had to call Angel, and then Angel had to call him. Right. Did you do, Jeremy, were you the passe comitatus? Yep, post? that was me. All right. No, I I really think that a lot of that was just condensed time. I think he leaves the classroom, and then we get a time fade, and then we catch the end of the coverage. I could easily see Michael standing there for 10, 15 minutes just watching the news. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. That so reminded so. me of 9-11, because I was at a college, and I oh. walked into the common area, and they have they had um, what the feed on, on the... Um, TVs hanging from the ceiling. And I was just like, oh, yeah. <sighs> so do you think we'll ever know what that gas is, what the haze is? 
Mm, probably not. We'll probably yeah, not no. get to find out. No one will probably tell us. One well, Casey said he'd only answer things that the characters could conceivably know, and unless they run into a chemist, and we're getting the start of the series as a flashback, you know, five, six years later, I don't think we're going to find out. Yeah, I, that was the one thing about, well, that was one of the things about her shooting Tardust, is that regardless of his past, he had all this knowledge, and they just lost it. I mean, he, he, he tried to rape Lizzie, but he couldn't. Which is, you know, like he couldn't deal with her pain. He wasn't turned on by her pain and suffering. It was more like an intellectual, okay, I, I'm going to get a female. And, but then he couldn't do it. So not that that makes him Prince Charming. Better. He still tried it, to, though. So He did. He still tried he to. He's still bad person. Well, hey, we've got a new person in the call here. Hey, Cy, uh, if you want to unmute, you can join the call and... Welcome. I think this is the first time you're going to be able to join us. Yeah, hello. Hey, welcome. Hey. I don't actually have anything to add to this conversation that you guys are having, so I'm happy to just listen. Um, my, my only point was going to be that I thought um, this whole C4 thing with ink, Mm-hmm. Going way back there, you guys have left me behind while I was struggling with <laughs> hangouts. <laughs> I am uh, having to. Well, I, I think it's it's like not it's not going to happen, you know. Even if Saul was like, "I'm going to kamikaze, blah blah blah, do this," there's gonna I think there's got to be a more epic showdown between Ink and the survivors. So it isn't going to be he's going to blow up and that's going to be it, you know. I I think there's going to be something more extreme going to happen, you know. Right. I don't think it. I don't think we'll have a monologue, you know, like an evil villain monologue. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind hearing something more from. from I know. Just before, like to you have know, Michael stabs him. Like a conversation. There's a journal somewhere on that desk. There's a journal, and someone grabs it as they're running out. How ironic least, would that be? Yeah, or at least a set of pictures that tells a story that we can get. You know, that would be so cool. Maybe Ink had a journal before he like became Ink. So. Maybe they'll find the survivors will find that journal, and we'll figure out what happened leading up to Ink becoming Ink. It could be this also. This whole thing, you never know. I don't know what's going to be outside outside the scope of the story. Like there's so many things I'm I'm really curious about, but I don't. With one episode left, <laughs> don't know what's going to get out. A lot can happen in three parts. That's well. It's one. The one that's going to be more than an hour. Oh, it's already been. He, they're they're releasing the episode in one fell live streaming event. But oh. there's something on the border from Casey that's saying it's an hour plus. Oh, so I think I saw okay. may have seen an hour and a half, but don't quote me on that. I'm just waiting love- for Michael to sit down at that desk with with ink <laughs> and have some weird conversation. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> a, a zombie drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking of a very similar scene in a very popular zombie show. That is exactly uh, what I thought of when you said that, too. <laughs> Do you like Walking, Walking Dead? Dead? Oh, I know what you Okay. I think I know I enjoy what scene you're talking about. With the governor, right? Yeah. I, I can't stand The Walking Dead. What? I just, I just, I sat, I tried to watch it, and they kept making such stupid mistakes. <laughs> and I was like, like when, what's it, when um, Herschel walks by that zombie really close, and they don't clear out the hallway before they progress, and I mean, it's just, they just, yeah. 
drove me crazy. I spent like half an hour after the show was over yelling at my family. <laughs> Why did they do this? Fantastic. I've seen the first two seasons, and then like I found this, and I'm like, okay, one zombie storyline at a time. <laughs> I love anything zombie, so... Oh yeah. I like. I don't know how I found We're Alive. I think I was going through the podcast on iTunes and found it in like the hundred section, the top hundred downloaded podcast, and I was like, yes, zombies. <laughs> and I, I immediately downloaded the episode. I looked up horror. I think on I either it was either horror or zombies. I don't know which. Hmm. But yeah, I, I was a search because I was I had just finished um, a podcast. And I, was, I remember. And, I remember exactly how I came across it, and if I bothered to check, I could probably drill it down to the exact day. Because oh. um, okay, so yeah. there's a um, YouTube channel online called The Geek Group. It's a, a hacker space in um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. The guy that runs the place, he did a uh, video on his everyday carry, and he got to talking about zombie stuff. It's like, I got the bag, and I'm ready to go. Matter of fact, it's in my signature. I got the water. I got the bag. I got the guns. You need a yo-yo yo- yo- yo for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> um, yeah, because he, ha- he carries a yo-yo in his everyday carry bag, his bug-out bag. Um, right about the same time, I watched um, Zombieland. And then I got to thinking, you know what? I'm on the road a lot. I should look up and see if I can find zombie podcasts. So I typed that into search, and three things popped up. One of them was We're Alive. The other two were so garbage that I can't even remember what they were. Have you guys listened to HG World? No. No. It's really weird, but it goes on. And parts of it are good, but it goes on so many tangents, I I couldn't deal with it. If they're entertaining, like, have you ever listened to the HP podcast? Um, Harry no. Potter one? I got it. No, not Harry Potter. It's the HP Lovecraft. Oh, it's oh, really? And it's, it's, they basically go through a story and they'll read it and they'll, they'll recap it and then they'll discuss it, it, it kind of lightly, but kind of like, I don't know, giving it some consideration. And it's just really fun. The guys are fun. You know, that's what I like about this podcast is like, you know, laughing. You guys are friends. Yeah. Awesome. I like how the fandom is all connected to each other. Like, the fandom is really tight with the tight. I said tight with um Casey and everyone, all the actors. And I think it's pretty cool that everyone talks so much and gets along. I know he's so available. Cause and he's not a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't tell anyone anything, but he could be more jerky about it. Well, I get you. Know, he's got really strong boundaries, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, you, and you, go ahead. you don't expect creators to be nearly as uh, communicative, if that's a word, with the audience like Casey mm-hmm. is, and that's no. something that works really well with this show too, because he knows there's there's certain things you cannot get across very well in the audio medium, so he's there to like, oh, let me clarify that. No, no, no. Yeah. That's not how it happened at all. Well, I think there's a few things that help contribute to that is the first and probably one of the bigger ones is that he doesn't have a giant group of network executives breathing down his neck. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. He's got um, a lot of yeah. He's probably listening right now. Oh, oh I wouldn't doubt it. Casey. Wouldn't doubt at all. Hi, Casey. How's it going? <laughs> something else about it, too, and probably the more uh, relevant core reason is that he's not – granted, this is – this is, to a degree, this is a portfolio piece for him. 
But this is something he's doing because he believes in it, because mm-hmm. he, it's a story he wants to tell. Mm-hmm. It's something he wants to share. Uh, releasing it as a podcast or telling it to us over drinks in a bar, it's kind mm-hmm. of the same. I mean, granted, as a podcast, it has certainly has a heck of a lot higher production value than sipping brewskis. But um, if there's like a tiny little detail we either missed or we kind of got wrong, he's he reiterates it on the forum if it's relevant yeah. to do yeah. so. If he sees us going down a, a, a path that he knows is a dead end, he doesn't want us to go down. He's yeah. also a college professor too, right? Like he teaches the audio mixing and everything. I think so. I mean, I think that's why they're using Chapman College. Like that, the I think their yeah. audio thing is at a college. I think he may be faculty there, which yeah. makes sense the way he's kind of using the boards. It's like it's like this one big old class discussion that every once in a while he jumps in and corrects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is that's a huge element too. That's what makes a lot of this possible because. Normal studio time would be way too expensive. Yeah. And Have you looked into that? Have you looked into like how people set up in their um, in their their pl- I, I You know, I I just it's something that interests me, so I looked into it, and I just have no idea how it works. You know, where people pad their room and stuff. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I uh I used to be in a local band, and I lived in our recording house that had all the walls set up like that. I knew somebody who lived in a house after a band moved out, and they had um, carpeted the walls, and you could not hear someone call from one room to the next. We had a crate foam. Packing blankets do it, too. Yeah. Uh, just anything that absorbs it, I guess. Absorbs the sound instead of bounces it. All right, well, does anybody have any final takes before we wrap the show up? Mm, nope. I'm good. Oh, I have a million, but too many. (laughs) (laughs) See, the problem with the show at this point is that there's so many things left unanswered, but little to no information to go off of, to really speculate, theorize on. Uh, I disagree. I respectfully disagree. I think they've given us a lot of ambient information, but what he said was... um, you know, he wants to give us enough information so that you can go, oh, that makes sense, but not enough so you're like, oh, that's why it couldn't work. Because he's actually done all this research, and he's not going to have his big reveal for getting rid of the technology at the end of VSG isn't going to be flying into the sun, which is so stupid. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's, he's thought it through enough that, you, that I feel like, and I'm a real nitpicker with science and that sort of thing, you know, magic computers and all the way they get it wrong, um, that I really feel I can relax. I'm just curious about it. You know, I want to know. Well, that's why we have headcanons. What's that? Uh, that's why we have headcanons. Headcanons? Okay. What's a yeah, headcanon? It's, it's what a fan comes up with about the show that the um, creator hasn't, like, confirmed, basically. Mm-hmm. So just a, enough information to come up with their own conclusions, or yes, that's basically the definition. Yeah, oh, it's cool. it's kind of related to another word called fanon. It's yeah. essentially the the holes that the fans fill in on their own to try to make sense ah, of what's going on yeah. with the story. Um, you know, to you know, to give an example, uh, my uh, head canon fanon for We're Alive is that the families can trace themselves all the way back to Pompeii. <laughs> yeah, me too. Or, or yeah, similarly. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And that's where one of the first documented zombie outbreaks took place. Yeah. Oh, nice. And all of those dead people from Pompeii weren't killed by the pyroclastic cloud. Gosh. It was something that was in the cloud. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I like that. Because, you know, they had the get, they just had too much of it. it. You know, they would have turned or whatnot, but there was so much. It was toxic, and everybody died instead, and they were buried. And, yeah. Oh, that's a lot of fun. What about and at the, the, and at the about, very end, Saul walks out of the hospital, leaving Michael behind. <laughs> Good luck, I kinda, buddy. I, I kind of feel like he let that story drop kind of awkwardly. Um in that I don't feel it, it, it seems like it stands so much outside of the, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it seemed really important while it was going on, and I expected it to hook up to the major story in some way, and it didn't. I what story are you referring to? The families. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, Cassie every- just posted something about that fairly recently. It might have been yeah, he basically story. said that ev- that was just a way to give you backstory for Angel, for Latch, for Scratch, and for Darai. And it's it has no connection to the zombie apocalypse, has just explained how these characters know each other. And to give you, like, that Angel is a little bit of a rebel, because even though he's a total butter bars, but he is a little bit of a rebel, <laughs> because he left his family and made himself his own man and wants to disavow any knowledge of Latch and Scratch and Darai, and that's why he chose to go with the Tower and not them, to give you a big insight into his personality and to give you a big insight as to why Scratch is even letting Darai have control. But I think the fans just kind of went like, yoink, this is important, and he keeps on trying to tell us, no, it's a backstory. It has nothing to do with well, but see, I, it's like, you know, they have the rings and they have the, you know, this interconnectedness and all this. And it seemed right for, for being, it was, there were so many details concerning it that it just, it felt like it should be more. I, I spent a lot of time doing role playing, which is where my name comes from. So like the tabletop, the D&D, the world of darkness. And I build that kind of stuff in my characters' backstories all the time. Like, I always have a center item where I've got family connections to make the character more real for myself. And yeah. sometimes it can come up in a game, sometimes it never even gets touched. I feel like if he had talked about it, but he kept a secret. Well, you know, that's so- the kind of person Angel is, though. He wouldn't want anybody to know that he was related to these maulers. But in order to function story-wise in the way that he meant it to, it, it needed something. Personally, this is just my opinion, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, it, it in order to transition, so we could let it drop. And like, granted, I didn't like the storyline, so I was glad it was over. <laughs> but a lot of people were really want to like clamp onto that. So I kind of feel like maybe that's a sign that it wasn't just that transition to it being over wasn't handled in a way. I, I kind of agree with you, but I think Casey just saw all of our spot going, this is not what I meant. Maybe if I don't mention it, it'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> and within the boundaries of the story, the only person who can, at this point, tell us anything if there is an option is Scratch. And do you really think she's going to talk? You know, Riley with Angel's ring. Uh, there might be a comment. I, I, I hope... Just something like oh, throwaway line. 
Yeah, that's, if anybody monologues, I think I'm going to flip a table. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Scratch. I want to hear what she has to say because, it, you know, she I want to hear her too. Yeah. I really want to hear her too, but if she monologues, I'm going to flip a table. <laughs> Conversation back and forth screaming, that's fine. Like, if she monologues, I'm going to flip a table. Well, she's been, like, hunting them for so long. She's probably thought up all these things she wants to say and wants to get done before she, you know, kills pigs or whatever. You know, she's <laughs> like, I need to say these things. You know, I can see her do, say, you know, having, like, a, a few lines there where she just, like, says what she wants to say about. I don't know if it'd even be about the family or whatever, but just yeah, what, what you know, what's inside her head? Because like when Bert, I was like, this is the good guy. The way he was talking to her when they first met was awful, and the only thing I could figure out was because she had the big scar and was ugly. I mean, he, he was like calling her names. He really ramped it up to eleven immediately, <laughs> and there was just there was no way that they were going to have any sort of accord. And it wasn't all Scratch's fault. No, yeah, I agree. Do you guys think Scratch kept a journal? She doesn't strike me as a writer. No. No. (laughs) She may, I wonder if she kept an, maybe she kept an audio journal, though. I can see her talking to a cassette. Yeah, I can see a video camera. But maybe for like a week or two, and then she'd be done. (laughs) Who's the other mauler that's with her? I don't know. Uh, two Somebody's random been... guys we haven't met. Probably. Strings and hammer. Strings and hammer. Yeah, probably. That's right. Yeah. Would you so... even be near her at this point? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let alone following her orders. So maybe one of them will tell the story. Yeah. I think they're going to die. I think they're red shirts. I wonder if they're the sisters that were mentioned once way back. And if they're as crazy as her, that might be why they're staying with her. That or their family members. Yeah. Oh, a problem. Maybe. We have to do this. That the family would, you know, avenge Latch. Hmm. That could be. Now that, that opens that, it up. That explains it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. See, so that opens up the possibility, you know, if in a Reservoir Dog style standoff in the last episode, you know, somebody pulls the trigger and Scratch, she goes down, but now there's two more enforcers. That's yeah. kind of what I'm figuring these guys as being is thuggish big brute enforcer types and yeah. if their family somebody pulls the trigger on scratch whoever pulled that trigger is done so they need to kill them first and then her mm-hmm. mm. and i, I think, think i yeah i think that i think they're going to be gone she's going to be by herself and she's going to say some stuff and i don't know how much monologuing she's going to do but <laughs> but yeah they have to be gone otherwise they'll be shooting and it'll all be about conflict and I don't want her just to, like, go down, boom, you know? No. Mm. That would be cheap. Mm, yeah. And now her and C- I forget that her and CJ have history now, too. I mean, Scratch has just made oh. everybody mad. <laughs> yeah. So there's, they're going to have a little bit of a history and conversation there. I feel but, like if the, the two that were left, Strings and Hammer, were part of the family, Darai would have taken care of them better. And we would have heard about them before now. Not if they were main guys, like if they were foot soldiers. They could have just not had a role currently appearing in this storyline. Maybe they need to be there. Well, there's just so much we don't know about the whole Mahler's hierarchy and structure and what's going on that, I mean, maybe they weren't even at the colony. Maybe they were out doing reconnaissance and came back and found... 
went back to a safe house. That could be why they were important enough to be out doing that type of work and never fed into the colony storyline and the downfall there. Maybe they're a secret weapon or something. Like how? Like like just something kept in reserves, people kept in reserve. Yeah, maybe maybe they're also immune, like Tanya and Saul. Who knows? Just you gotta stay around this long. Something has to be going right for you guys. <laughs> well, but, it goes uh, back well, to a uh, conversation. I can't. Remember. I can't even really remember who it was with. Uh, some of the original core tower characters. Uh, somebody asks, "Why is everybody that we run into now such an aggressive jerk?" That's because all the passive ones are dead. <laughs> pretty much sums up pretty much almost everything that's uh, they've run across. I'm so curious about the rest of the world. Like, <laughs> I know in Hawaii they're meaner and all this, but it seems like you could probably last a lot if you were really good at sneaking like Skittles is. Like, there are probably tiny pockets, and it may actually be better to have tiny pockets because you don't yeah. attract as much attention. Casey's mentioned that he has an entire backstory about the boat. Yes. I'm not sure I want to know what it is. <laughs> I want to know the boat story. Oh my I want to know about the person who is eating the dog food in the cabinet of the big house. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a biter that they ended up killing. Yeah, yeah. and he shot, and it but, but he was oh, over. You want to know. You I'm just like... He got. That, is that his that house? It shows that they'll eat anything, like the mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. They're just aggressive. The whole, the, and that's what I think the um, the mushroom showed us. Like the the whole um, army ant thing is that they attack people because they're the other. They're not. They're they're not part of their tribe. Not just for food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I hate to have to break up this conversation, but we're going to have to wrap this up this evening. We want to thank everybody that participated yeah. with us uh, tonight, and uh, we'd like to say goodbye to each one of you as we sign off here. Thank you, Emma, for being here tonight. Yeah. You're welcome, guys. It's good to hear from you again, and Redshirt, yeah. Jeremy, good to have you back. Oh, it's great to be back, and thanks for uh, having me on. Look forward to having you back also. Cat uh, Lero, Katie. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on tonight. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Good. good. And Megan, welcome back. Thank you, as always. And hopefully we'll see you again. Uh, we'll, we'll have, looks like, a couple more live shows coming up. And Cy, uh, first time making it out tonight as well. Thank you for, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yay! And uh, for those listening, we'll be doing the UK-friendly live show. Right now it's tentatively scheduled for 10, 10 a.m. Central Time, Saturday morning, this upcoming Saturday, July 5th, uh, which would be 4 p.m. GMT, Greenwich Mean Time. Um, so hopefully that's a friendly enough time for the UK crew out there. And we look forward to seeing all y'all and visiting with you. And look for the Tanya interview. It may already be out by the time this is released in the feed, but uh, it should be out there soon. And uh, this has been Mick. This has been Redbeard. All right. (laughs) I guess we'll, we'll talk to you before the finale, I'm sure. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us 
or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production.